What's your name again? Uh, my name is Samuel Wright, man. Um, but I write under the name Solomon Hill, please. Okay. Yeah, man. And um, I appreciate y'all doing this, man. I wrote the the article um, on what you guys have done, man. I'm big on records. Yes, sir. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you. That was dope. Nah, man, I appreciate you. What's going on, bro? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I had to ask you before we started, man. My, my older brother wanted to know, are y'all gonna put the uh, are y'all gonna put the older CDs and um, mixed DVDs uh, like on streaming sites? Well, we got uh, mixed CDs right now on the website called Mixtape Mobsters. Okay, yeah, I mentioned uh, www.mixtapemobsters, M-O-B-S-T-A-Z, and it's like uh, .com. And we got all the old, and we do new mixes on there, too. Okay, okay. I need to make yeah. it. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we can hear you a little bit. It's, huh? it's a little, you, you real low. No. It's a little bit better now. All right, let me see. If, let me get it right. Okay. Swear on. Hold on. Let me get it right. Yeah. It's uh zoom. Yo yo. What's going on, man? We can hear you now. All right, all right. We end up. Yeah, man. Once again, like I was telling Monte, man, I appreciate y'all doing this in the first place, man. Oh yeah, man. Appreciate you, bro. Like a lot. Thanks, man. Nah, man. It's nothing, man. I um, like I was telling you in the uh, comments, man. I reached out in the first place because when I was trying to do the article, man, I saw I saw interviews that y'all had done in the past, but I was really surprised that it wasn't more write ups about y'all, man. Man, appreciate it, man. It's 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 crazy, but you know, just to see you doing the due diligence, shit. That's that's big enough. And I appreciate it. Uh, it was some things I wanted to ask y'all in general, man, because uh, when I was writing it and I was submitting it to the, the thing on Medium, I was trying to, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so there's certain things I know of. They're not from Atlanta when I'm saying it. And I'm like, you know what? I want to say this, but I need to verify this. And I'm like, since I can't verify all these parts, I'm going to go with what I got. And I was like, I'm going to let y'all fill in the rest. Facts. So, um, but with that being said, man, um, I'll go ahead and get started with some of the questions I got because I want to respect y'all time. Yes, sir. So, um, to start things off with it, man, um, I know who y'all are and everybody else knows who y'all are. But um, what I was going to say is, man, when people ask you, what do you do or who you are, man, like, how do y'all define yourself? Like, Corey, how do you define yourself? Monte, what do you tell people? Monte? Well, I tell them, you know, I'm a DJ and I'm a producer. You know, I really don't get in no deep. I don't brag on myself like that, but I, I'm a hard worker. I'm very humble. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I define myself. And all that was just taught to me from big on. You know what I'm saying? So just stay humble, be a hard worker, and then, you know, people recognize you and have it, you know, have it. So for me, I just say, hey, I'm a DJ and I'll be on the radio and, you know, I'm a producer pretty much. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure, man. Really, same as me, but I was an artist at the time, so you know what I'm saying. Um, I write, so you know I, I put a writer in there, and I engineer too. I'm actively engineering and mixing records. So you so, engineer, produce, and you rap. Well, I write. I was a rapper in my in my past life. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, for sure. I understand. I understand. I respect that. Um, okay, let's see. Where do I start? Uh, I guess let's start with going into 
the, the story of Big Home. Um, so from what we know, it started first with, you know, you guys started it, uh, you know, in the flea markets, and then from there it grew. I guess the big thing I want to um, ask Monte, I know you started uh, with Big Home when you were, like you said, in like middle and high school. Around when did you, like, what year did you start, like, working in-house with Big Home, helping them with production and overseeing projects? Well, at first, it was, um, before Big Home Records, it was just DJ Jelly and MC Stock. And so I started with them first, you know what I'm saying? Big Home Records came, like, two years after that. I started when I was 15, and we were just knocking out mixtapes. It was tapes then. We were knocking out mixtapes with uh, DJ Jelly and MC Assault, and we were doing that. And then Big Home Records started up. But I wasn't able to go into the studio till like, two years afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So they first, you know, the Big Home Records' first project was Major Bank, and I went around pretty much. I was around because I was DJing with Jelly and MC Assault, but I wanted them in the studio while they were making that project. But that was it for me. Like, I just started two years after. I've been around damn near since Big Home Records started. Yeah. So let me let me ask you a question because I was like six when Freak Nick was popping up. I was wow. I was a little bit. I know. <laughs> I know. So I asked yeah. that. Hey, I know that's when Big Home kind of took off because people were going to stores to get the to get the music. What was Atlanta like during that time? Like you hear a lot about people saying what Atlanta's like now, but what was Atlanta music like when y'all were putting mixtapes out? Man, we were putting mixtapes out. It was so much diverse music. You know what I'm saying? Everybody sounded different. Everybody was had a different sound. You had your organized noise. You had your your uh your your um little John. You had your three six mouth. Everybody was different. But at one point in time, it wasn't even no South music until Outkast really just took Atlanta up through there. You know what I'm saying? But we were doing a lot of West Coast tapes. You know what I'm saying? Ain't really popping yet. Like it took Outkast, and they just took it. And then we, like, we was around. I saw everybody come out of Atlanta just do their thing. And I, you know, that shit was just crazy. Atlanta was just so much fun, man. Like it wasn't that many clubs. It wasn't like the music. You can like, I can't really explain it. You really had to be there to see everything. To be honest with you, like that shit just kind of hard to explain because the music scene was just, let me just say it was fun. How about that? that I was like, it, was, it, was, it was a fun time. That's that, like, that's the best way I could put it. No, I understand that, man. And, that, and honestly, that's that's what I saw because, like, I like I always tell people, I grew up hearing y'all music when I robbed my brother in the car. And it was funny because he would always go to the stores. Like, we lived on the east side, so he would go to the one on Candler, and we were on the west side. I think he would go to the one off. Ralph David. I want to say I had one on Ralph David. Yeah, we had one on Ralph David. And so he would go there and pick it up. Um, but what's funny is, like, when I heard on, I heard it when it was transitioning toward, well, really when y'all going towards crunk music. I caught the tail end of Atlanta bass, but I grew up with crunk. Yeah. So I guess what I say to that is, what, like, what projects do you feel like were put like put big on like on the map. Like what project do you feel like y'all dropped that made y'all like household names or underground names, names in the street when y'all well what started us in Atlanta was Sammy Sam Rivals to Killers. That was the very first like big song that helped put big on records on like from the 
from the jump. Like it was Sammy Sam and Robinson Killers. And we had a we had a major deal with a, a record label called Platinum and everything. He had a deal with Pele Pele. Like Dang, Sam had got a deal with that. And I think with Pepsi, I wanna say too. So you know, we wanna Yeah, yeah, he had a Pepsi deal and everything. So we went on tour. I was his DJ and uh, we had a, a a lot of city tour. I mean, you know, we went on a uh, a big run, you know, and then next thing you know, we came out with Witch Away, which which was a uh, DJ Jelly and MC Assault song, and intoxicated, you know. But it was the Booty Shake era that we still that invited big on records into because we came on some hard shit. We were a hard label. I remember. You know what I'm saying? So then, what took us to the crunk side was pretty much intoxicated and Baby D, like. You know, Baby D, me and Baby D, we always was in the teenage club. So we yeah. was just, we were running around the whole city almost every night. You know what I'm saying? Because I was still, mind you, I was 16, 17. We in all the clubs, right? We, I'm just out. My mom just allowed me to be everywhere. Hey. We just out. Yeah, so she was just cool. Like, the weekends, as long as my work was done, she was like, you can go, you know, just just call me, I guess. Mm-hmm. She just didn't have no clue. But we was just in all the clubs. So that would help us developed the our crunk sound like the east side west side the whole baby d first project because we was in them clubs you gotta remember too that's when three six mafia was starting to start up you know what I'm saying like memphis music had a, a big influence on atlanta yes that's when tether club uh, was really yeah big. the very first tether club but not the remix the very I- first tether club but when that shit just sounded horrible but that's like in the high schools, you go to the high school parties, man. That shit just had everybody just so turned. So then that what gave us ideas of doing songs. Dang. Okay. Yeah, back then it was a big feud against the East Side versus the West Side. That's why we came up East Side versus West Side. You know what I'm saying? Cause that shit was like that's a, that was a big thing in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas don't fuck with niggas on the East Side from the West Side. East Side niggas don't fuck with West Side. Right. It, it wasn't even no uh. North side or south side niggas. It was that just even, it, they weren't even relevant. It wasn't it was even in there. Side yet. Versus, it was just east side versus west side. Dang. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that back then, man, that's what that what you know. Then we came with the intoxicated. That's how we was just all in that crunk era. You know what I'm saying? That's why we came up with all them crunk songs, cause we was just in the club. And then the crazy part is people in the clubs would be chanting that shit. They'll be chanting that shit, and then we be like, oh, we finna do this. We'll go in the club. We'll go in the studio that night, or the next day we got a song for everybody. Everybody. That, that, what, that what drew it to us, because we were like, we was in there. We was in there deep. We rolled to the club at least 10, 15 folks. Yeah, so that's how we came up with ideas for a lot of songs. So I'm going to have to ask this, because, man, I, I was trying to put it in the article. They was like, you need to verify it. I was like, hey, man, y'all pioneered the rap mix, uh, the rap mix mashup, didn't y'all? Like, the, uh, the mix it is. The way we do it, the way we do them, DJ Jelly MC Assault pioneered it, yeah. Like, especially the South, how we just make, you'll never know what the fuck going to come up next. You know what I'm saying? So out of Atlanta, yes, we did pioneer that. But, you know, you had DJs that were doing their thing. They had two turntables or whatnot, or however they were doing. But Jelly and MC Assault introduced a whole new wave of doing mix CDs and just took it from, that shit just took off nothing. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's how I got introduced to it. I was in middle school. I heard that tape. I said, oh, my God, I ain't never heard no shit like that ever. Cause I was using to, uh, I used to listen to B103. B103 was 
the only station in. So you had DJ, they were mixing. But then when I heard Jelly, that was like, he took it to another level. I ain't level. never heard no shit like this. Damn. Okay, so yeah. let me piggyback off that. So, Corey, you grew up, man, you grew up basically with all of them at your disposal. Like, Monte's right there. Freddie B is right there. Like, all of them right there. What's, what's some of your earliest memories uh, being around him coming up? Man, um, shoot, seeing them juggles in the studio working all night. Baby D, you know, he was like a hometown hero. Yeah, um, he was, bro. <laughs> everywhere he go is like, shit. He was a little baby before, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, shot it with the freshest nigga. He had the jerseys. You know, it wasn't, like, it wasn't really even like folks with their own brand like that. So to see niggas with them funk count chains, 10, 15 niggas, everybody, like, back then, like, as a kid, I was like, damn, like, you know, I don't really understand, but I just know this shit feel powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, that was a real movement, dog. Like, uh, from the, the the stores to the flea market, shit, to the to the big on uh birthday parties where we feed all these people in Mosley Park for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a lot of shit. This this shit was it was real. Man, speaking of that, cause so people don't talk about on camp live TV, which I used to sneak and stay up late to watch. You know, what I'm I had no business watching, but I was up watching it. Bro, y'all broke so many videos that that's the first time I saw Dope Boys in the Trap on, on Camp Live. A lot of folks, man. My cousin in Jersey was telling me that was his first time learning about T.I. It was, bro. From Camp Live, Pastor Troy, fucking T. Like, a lot of folks, like, you know. Bro, all of them. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I remember my brother going to Sam Goody and, like, but shit, if it ain't here, I'm just going to go to – home studio, home records, and I go get it there. And that's where it would be. Like, when In the Streets was out, the whole damn series, that's where he went to go get them. The only thing that was hot in the streets, we had it. Because, you know, back then, niggas was too uppity and too corporate to kind of lend their hand. So it took for a big home to come through and break walls and barriers so everybody in the little man and the middle man and the niggas under the bottom can, we all can goddamn have a chair at the table. So, bro. Was it true you was you was doing records at ten? You was producing at ten? Yep, yep. It's a true story. There's no lie. So I feel like I know what your first record was. I, I think your first record was off uh, uh, DJ Unk's album, but that that was your first production record, right? Yes, yes, yes. Bro, so, that right there. Okay, so oh, and that man right there helped you do that. Yeah, so. So, bro, how did that feel? How did that feel knowing that record came out? Let me see, you was what, almost ten? Yeah, you was about ten when that came out. What, what was going through your mind? I was really like eight or nine for real, and I had yeah, it, but, but it was cool, you know what I'm saying. But really, I ain't really get to feel the full effect because when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying. So I didn't really understand, like, you know, I was just hyped that you know I can listen to Unk album. I got a beat on there too. You know what I'm saying? So as a kid, that was just really the fun part. And um, yeah, that was that was it was fun for real, for real. Like I ain't really think of it really as business. It wasn't like I got no check or no crazy shit like that. So it was just like literally, it was fun. It's fun, bro. That's just amazing to be able to say you could do. And at ten years old, you got a record on. Shit, yeah, like a little year. You know what I'm saying? You know, Uncle was more like family. He was like a big brother or uncle. So I didn't really look at it like, damn, this, you know what I mean? It was more just, I'm blessed. 
know what I'm saying? I'm glad that I had this, you know, position for that to happen. So, bro, I remember you, I just heard you talking about Baby D. You basically, Baby D has basically probably been like a big brother to you. Yeah, yeah Baby D, like, uh, you slow. So, man, what, like, what memories do you remember having with Baby D as a, like, as a teenager, young, going into adulthood that you just, that stick with you even now? Man, um, Baby D a real cool dude. You know what I'm saying? And, and he, a, he a look guy, but he's a big guy also. You know what I'm saying? The way he, he moved when he out, he peeped the scenes. Like he, you know, a lot of folks always got their eyes on him. So shoot, he, he he know how to move, and that's one thing I learned from him. Like he he real swift with it. Baby D ain't he ain't gonna really catch him in too many jams. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So Okay, okay. Um Monte, bro, question. So how did y'all what how did y'all get other artists to do collabs with y'all like in the beginning? Like I mentioned you mentioned like Pastor Troy, Lil John, the Eastside Boys. What made them want to collab with y'all when y'all were coming on the scene? Y'all helped really break some y'all really helped break the door open for them in a lot of ways too. Well, you gotta understand, we would have had this mixtape going. You know, and we were all attached to big on records, so our collabs were easy because we were breaking records. You know, all them all Atlanta artists, we had all that stuff coming out on mixtapes. I mean, mix, yeah, mixtapes first. You know what I'm saying? We breaking. We were the main DJs in Atlanta. Breaking. You had to come see us to get your record going. Period. In Atlanta, in the city of Atlanta, you had to come see us to get your record going. So, DJ, I mean, artists that already fuck with us, shit, they already knew what the deal was. So, we were like, shit, anything. You know what I'm saying? Then I started doing beats, so then we swapping out beats and stuff. You know, we're doing all that. So, bro, before I get to your production catalog, because it's extensive, I just want, I got a question, because I'm going to show my age on this. Bro, how was it, how was it like when Pastor Troy's first album came out? Like, did it set Atlanta on fire in 99? Was it, or was it just a come and go moment? Man, no, nah, it wasn't no come and go moment. It was, that set. First of all, it shut down there, no limit down. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then it set Atlanta on fire. Like, Pastor Troy was the hottest, one of the hottest niggas in the city. You know what I'm saying? So, that shit came, I can remember now, me and Baby D riding around his cutlass, listening to We we Ready, it got down, Help Me Rhonda. Damn. Down there, the whole album, you know what I'm saying? In his cutlass. Like, we, he had beat back then. You know, we had an old 86 cutlass or something. We riding around in every day and we were listening to it pastor troy really i think baby d helped introduce us to it because pastor troy came and saw him up in our booth you know what i'm saying mm. yeah so i think that's what that's what um we he introduced yep because he dropped you had like i said you had to bring your music to us to get down so he dropped cds off at the old national discount Discount model. That's why I'm at now. So that's why I'm pointing and shit. Like going back. Yeah, I'm up here though now. But yeah, he dropped that off, and then we got down. Just took Pastor Troy in as one of our brothers. Like everything that we were doing, we had Pastor Troy on every album. It was so many. It was so many songs I was hearing from y'all. I was like, damn, I didn't know he did this with y'all. <laughs> yeah, like we just, we just had that relationship with folks, man. You know what I'm saying? Cause we just broke artists. We did a lot of favors for people. You know what I'm saying? And people are still in this industry to this day and remember that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we still able to move around like how me and Big Cora be moving and stuff because of our relationships. We, 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 we put in a lot of work for that. 
Y'all really have, bro. Um, yeah. Speaking of, okay, so Monte, Suckers Wanna Try Me was the first, like, production credit you were credited with. I know that wasn't your first beat, but that was your first song you got. Uh, on a major placement, yeah, like, on a major placement, yeah, on the franchise, boy. It was, on, I mean, on song, we was just, you know, we, like I say, we were cool with the franchise, boy. We went to school, I went to school with, I think, Parley or something like that, or aunt did, so we all just collabed. Like, we came in the room, we did it together, and we just were moving around on the west side. And they were like, bro, we want to put this on our album. That's when they had that lean with it, rock with it. And we broke that, you know what I'm saying? Bro, we were fucking with it. Huh? Y'all broke lean with a rock with it too? I mean, it came out the uh it started in the pool palace. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But then, you know, I was on the radio. That's right. Dang. So in order for your ass to, to get going. You had to hear that. You had to You had to get that. on the radio. You know what I'm saying? So I start I was the first one playing out any of that West Side shit on the radio. Damn. So Yeah, radio, I would break your the reason why I, I ain't saying I broke it like broke it, but once I got introduced to it, then I mm-hmm. I don't broke it. That's a, let me say that T Rock, DJ on the West Side, really introduced me to a lot of the West Side songs like that. Yeah, man. He, well, I he took it to a whole nother level, though. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, man. T Rock took a lot of stuff from the West Side and just made it what it was. But once yeah. you heard it, you put it to a different audience. Yeah, a lot of songs like that. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I was DJing a big ass club on the east side called Chocolate and Crump. And all, it like, I like all over the city. Shit. Yeah, man. It, Crump had, now, nah, Chocolate had at least 3,000 people Friday and Saturday. Damn. Yeah, Friday and Saturday club. And it wasn't no sections, wasn't no, none of that. It's just straight up dance floor. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. So I, that's how I was able to break, walk it out. That was why, walk it out, bro. Cause shit, me and Aunt were pushing it. Really, I was. Then I took it on the radio. I just ran into folks' heads. So you did walk it out and two step in the same damn year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, walk it out came out. I did walk it out like the end of one year, and, and two step came out that top of the next year. So let me piggyback off that, Dan. Cause Cause I really, no, nah, because really, walk it out took like eight months for it to break, to be honest with you. That's what me going in on every goddamn, every every weekend at the club. Just trying to spin it and get people to hear it. Yeah, but folks were starting to fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Then other DJ were wanting it. Then Aunt got down with doing like little shits here and there, we were like, oh shit. And that's thing, you know, I'm playing it on the radio, folks fuck with it off of that shit. The yeah, Andre 3000 got on it. And Just that took Really it. took that shit. Yeah. Damn. Well, see, that came from us fucking with them. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, they they knew our history. Jelly was, I think, good in my first DJ. Man, I heard, uh, and I was seeing, I was like, damn, I didn't know that they was on Camp Live too. Y'all, Man, y'all had dude. literally everybody on there. Man, anybody that came in the city, we got them on that TV screen. And it was playing okay. in the cities too. Yeah, yeah. We had the number one station. We had the number one show at two two a.m. Damn. Yeah. So man, I read somewhere saying that y'all like I think y'all was saying with Freaknik, y'all was selling like hundreds of thousands of mixtapes. Man, Freaknik ain't never ever been nothing like you ain't like. That's hard to explain that. 
just imagine Piedmont and downtown and everything just crowded. Like you really had to park your car. Footage, in the middle of the street, and folks just man, sometimes a girl comes just dance on your car. I was 15 when I was down there, jelling them selling tapes and everything. My my uh, stepmom had took me and my god brother, not my stepmom, my godmother, it took me and my godmom, I mean, my god brother down there. And I saw jelly, we were selling so many tapes down there, man. That shit, this because people came in from everywhere, you know what I'm saying? That would help spread our stuff around. Then we were wholesaling to so many cities, like. Throughout the southeast region, that would help got oak cap through everywhere because we were putting that shit on all our mixtapes and everything. <laughs> That's how we helped get Atlanta music spread it out so far because we was on, we had we wholesale to damn near every state in the southeast region. Damn near it, that shit, we were getting people rich off of the mixtape. Man, I heard, I heard, I was literally. Yeah. Other states like Texas, they was like, "Damn, I'm trying to get the home mix." I'm like, "Damn, in Texas, like yeah. pipeline from Texas to GA because of y'all." Man, it was hard to get them tapes, and once you got it, you got to had to hold on to it. We got folks that still got them collection. They do. I, like I said, all the brothers still got them, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. hey, man, just just gift them to me, bro, before you leave the earth. <laughs> I ain't gonna sell yeah. them. Just gift them to me, dog. But, yeah. Dang. Man. To this day, though, for for the radio shit, I still use my same mix style for the radio. You know what I'm saying? Because ain't nobody really doing Well, there's people doing it. They mimic it, but they still just ain't. I got a whole different element to mine, I feel. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Much up to even more. You know, much ain't like, it's like, you know, much ain't like a big-ass sponge that never just... This shit never dry up. It just always soaking some shit up. This nigga learned even more shit about mixing. Yeah. Damn. So yeah. let me ask you then, bro. Like, it's crazy because I saw the interview you and Monte did with Beehive, and it didn't even hit me when, like, he was saying, whenever we hit Uncamp Production, that's your damn tag. Like, that means you produce the shit. Like, oh, oh you got no good. So. But yeah, all right. So why he why he on camp production? That was actually Corey. I had got I had recorded Big Corey saying that as a kid. So that's his tag. Him, you recorded him saying that. That's Big Corey. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I recorded Corey because I was like, I, I got we got a tag. So I created the tag on camp productions, and that was it ever since then. Man, so to piggyback all that, damn Monte, like. I know people are gonna ask you. I know people tell you about you doing stuff for Flow Rider and those being Grammy nominated. I'm gonna ask you about some different stuff. Shawty, right. Lowe, how did how did you end up doing Foolish for Shawty Low? Because I went to Fort Valley. We really played the hell out of that record down there, bro. Uh, you know, like I say, Westside niggas fuck with Westside niggas. So he went to school at Dub. You know, you everybody on the Westside knew about Shawty Low, but you know they fuck with us. D4, because, you know, Laffy Taffy, I helped break that shit, too. So then, I, yeah, so then we built the relationship. He was like, man, bring me some CDs. I mean, bring me some beats. So back then, I had beats on CDs, so I took him a CD. The next thing you know, uh, Hood Affairs had came out with a DVD with Charlotte Lowe on it, and he was rapping over one of my beats. I was like, oh, shit, that's... And that shit, because at the time, he was hot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, uh, yes. Yeah. Once we heard, I was, oh, man, he put it out. Just unmixed, unmastered, and everything. I said, I, I said, Charlotte, I got to get the vocals. Let me mix it. Let me do it. Let me but check it up, bro. 
put it out on, on the album. It's unmixed and it's unmastered. That's just how he recorded, and that was just my mix off of, of, of a CD. Damn. But for the radio, I made a different version. And then it, that song ended up, we still did a remix for Birdman, Rick Ross, Jim Jones, or something like that for uh, hey. DJ Kelly album. Ah, damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it's just, like I say, it's the relationship that we had built in the city. Folks just respected our grind and knew what we did for the city. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, Corey, what I was asking you, bro, um, before you had, you know, you had to do what you had to do, I was saying, man, with the new songs that we're hearing from you, like you did production on Earth Game, you're doing stuff on Jeezy, what can people expect when they're hearing Oomp Camp in this generation? Like, what can they expect the sound, or is it just going to be different every time? See, that's the, that's, that's the best thing, because um, none of the production I got out really, like, it really uh, shows, like, what I really do, you know what I'm saying? Because for the last year and a half, I've been doing something completely different that I ain't never did in my life, and I never seen myself doing it either. So um, I can't really say it's going to be a certain sound, because um, we're expanding we're trying new things, you know what I'm saying, and uh, trying to push the culture forward. No, I think that's important, man, because you, you don't get locked in the sound. You can continue to evolve, and that just keeps people from getting caught in one mindset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 man. So the way I look at it is that, um, nah, we don't want to box it, man. And, and, and it's crazy because after I done did I'm glad y'all said that because there's a lot of producers here that I know that was stuck on a certain sound. You know they sound, but they just can't they they can't even come back out like that no more. And see, my bad you cutting all out, but that, that's that's some real shit though. Man, every time I hear y'all production, bro, I I don't there's no way I'm gonna know. I'm like, damn, big old did this. I was like, damn, I ain't even know. Cause this is not what you would it's not a particular sound. You're not gonna be able to say, oh, this drum sound like them, this synth sound like them. Nah, you have no idea. So that's a that's an important thing. Um, yeah. For a question, bro. So I, I I think I was looking at Flu Games. That was like a was that your first official project? Yeah, I, I want to say no. Nah, no, nah, I had a project I dropped with Monte and DJ Screen. Um, I probably was about 15, 16. So. It was it was called Corey Robertson. Oh, okay. See, yeah, that what it was called, man. <laughs> okay. Self-titled uh, first mixtape EP, whatever. But yeah, that was that was it. But this one was on um, me as a grown man, and after after going through some grown shit a little bit, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Those songs, those were five or six records. Uh, a few of those were personal. Yep. That's the best touch, man. Um. So I kind of, I'm a pan to now. So y'all got the, well, Baby D got the new record, Four and the Six, and you on that. How did that, well, I know how that collab happened, bro. What was going through y'all mind when y'all did the record? Obviously, Four and the Six, you know, yeah, on Six, but. Yeah, for so, man, um, Monte had a crazy ass beat. He kept that shit, too, yeah, he did. Oh, my God, oh, my God. That. So in the process, of uh, working on Baby D's project. Yeah. And then uh, we made that record. I heard that shit. Sure. Oh. I was 
we rolling through beats, and that's the last beat we almost forget about. And we play that motherfucker. And shit, they end up being that one. He had picked So You Can Live, the T-Pain shit, and he picked the mainstream ratchet. And that's how that came about. Manny Fresh was in there. That was another legendary session. Oh, KY, Engineer, KY Engineering is when he was working with two chains every damn day. Um, uh, and Manny Fresh was in that bitch. Had it turned up. Manny was playing beats off the iPad. I'm talking about, man, this shit was so fire. I was so inspired. I was like, this nigga still got it. 30 years later, started still hard. Damn. So, man, Corey, what's a, what's a collab that you still waiting on? Like, a dream collab, if you could have one right now. It could be production-wise. It could be, you know, artistically. What's a collab you waiting to have? Man, a dream collab. Um, like for me, I don't want just one song. I want to, if like, if I could do a four song EP on like Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? Or like, um, like, you know, I don't, I'd be cliche with like Drake, maybe even Post Malone, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't really have to just, just come to the studio one day and, and, and just see how we vibe, you know what I'm saying? You're free to come through, you know what I mean? I appreciate that, bro. You know what I mean? Really? I'm working my connects to get him in now with. Kanye right now. Oh. <laughs> hey, bro, you do a record with Kanye. I'm sorry, bro. I'm biased. You got to do a record uh, with me, bro. To be honest with you, the what the type of shit that Big Corey on, like, to have both of them in the room, because they might be everywhere else. Yeah, like, Kanye, that now, so, Kanye, that'd really probably be crazy. That shit going to be crazy, because they both of their minds just, ain't no limit to their mind. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, that that shit, man. That's that's two geniuses right. in one room together at the same time. Damn, damn, yeah, yeah. Pretty like, I want to say two or three days ago. So I'm just working. I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it now. We made that play. We made that I'm putting play. it in the atmosphere. That's why. Yeah, I'm yeah. Hey, I'm yeah, gonna that. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm now or later. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna second that because we want to see that oh, yeah. happen. Hell yeah. <laughs> we need that for Atlanta. We need that for the Oak Camp, man. We really do. Damn. That should have been so hard. Damn. Okay. What a culture. Monte, so man, where what's next for you, bro? You 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 Grammy nominated. You done records with a little bit of everybody. Monte hit Quincy Jones stage. Excuse me, sorry. I mean, no, no, right? that's true. That's what I'm saying. What's next? Like, who who you who you steering to be the next one? Like, what's next, man? Um, uh, really, to be honest with you, man, I really like for me. It just helped to see the next generation just do its thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I send beats with Corey. He working with an artist named Wix. Working on that. Uh. Working with Shantae Renee, one of our R&B artists, J. Tez, DG Chuck, Chico, really just helped to see big old records go to another level. But let Corey take the lead on it. Though, you know TV what I'm saying? Monte scored TV show. Man, I was talking to Chiskel about them films and TV that y'all got. Yeah. We need to know that. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's what's next. You know, just seeing, foreseeing the the new generation. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like sometimes I just. If I could do some shit with Jay-Z and all that shit, that'd be dope. Like, I'm trying to get 10 low records, to be honest with you. But I don't mind getting them 10 low records on the backside. Like, just back chilling and let somebody, like, or somebody be the forefront of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the type of shit I'm on. I dig that. Pretty much. Every session I go to, I take core with me. 
because he the new he the new face. Like he the new he the new big on record. That's his son. So he deserve, he, he 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 get old all that shit. You know what I'm saying? I seen I know him ever since he was born. He been wanting to do this shit since he was born. So yeah, so for me, my next step is to really I want to retire after I get like ten low records because they want huge records. I get me ten of them. I I take more. But I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that's the next shit for me and doing some EDM shit. Now I can do some. I want to do some. I want to go to them. I want to DJ that kind of shit. Hundred thousand crowds and shit like that. Well, I'm gonna ask for a good like hour for that for that little bag, huh? Now I was gonna say I'm gonna sow the seed. Are we gonna ever get a big reunion tour though? In due time. Oh, yeah, in due time. Once we get these new artists going and all that kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? So you you'll see it later. So man, who we just ain't gonna. Do it now, you know what I'm saying? We'll probably do it once everything get back rolling. Like we're really going heavy, but the COVID shut everything down, so it's like gonna start back up 2021. Damn. So real. Piggybacking off of that, Dan. I know because I meant I know you mentioned Shantae Renee. Who who are the new big on artists that we need to be paying attention for? Uh like I say, Shantae Renee, she knew she um coming. Wix, you got to do uh artist named Quay, Stormy, Stormy, his name is Stormy, Stormy, and um really all of them, they all got something different to bring. Chico, we got Cappy, we got Latin artists, we got all kind of, we got yeah, we got J Tez, we got DG Chuck, like we got so many people, man, and you know it's just a little bit of everything coming from each and every one of them. You know what I'm saying? You really ain't gonna get nothing. The same from now on. Damn, I can't wait. Yeah, so it, it, it's your it's your life. It's what you like, really. To be honest with you, it's like air art is gonna be different. It's gonna be what you into. We trying to increase the odds this time. So if you don't like this person, get what you might like this person. If you don't like that person, you might like this person. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's how we doing? Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause back then we just really had two artists, three artists. You know what I'm saying? That was. Four artists. We had Intoxicated Loco, Sammy Sam, and Baby D. That was it. And all of them were different. So it's going to be the same, but we're going to enhance the goddamn flavors a little bit. You're going to get some R&B. You're going to get some goddamn rap. You're going to get some Latin music. You're going to get some goddamn pop music. You're going to get some... You're going to get all kinds of shit coming from over here. Because we... Me and Corey, we create. And we bounce off each other every single day. Like two or three times a day, we on the phone. Are we in a room cooking up together? So you don't get something no matter what. Yep. Okay. Man, I got one more real question. I saw that y'all talking about y'all doing a film company? What's going what's that gonna look like? Mm. Well yeah, um no, he into the film. He into the filming company now. You know, he has partnered up with Jane Dubos. And you know they they doing film and stuff, and we did our first scoring of film with the Keisha Cole uh, documentary that came out on BET last year, the end of last year. We did that, the music on that, and we do music on Fox Soul right now. So we're doing that. So then next thing you know, we're gonna be doing a big on film, like we're gonna have our short films and everything like that that we're gonna have on Amazon. You know, Big Corey, uh, sister, she a big author, so we. 
we all keep this shit in the family. Like, it's a big-ass, talented family that you'll never know who's going to be doing what. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit just crazy like that. And so we, we got smart folks around. You got Corey. We got MC Assault. We got That's two stores right there. DJ Jelly, MC Assault. Then you got Oom and his whole store by himself. Like, we got so many stores and no shit, man. We got the right film, dude. We got all this shit right now. So, hey, be on the it's lookout. Fake, really. Once, once, once everything unfold, how how it's supposed to, you know what I'm saying, and um, and, and and things play out. This thing really can be like the Wu Tang documentary, where you you get to see how everybody story and they own behind all come together as one. So you might see goddamn Monte like a couple of, you know what I'm saying, how Monte came up and it's the traumas he that fucked him up and made him. You know what I'm saying? You might see the shit that made. You know what I mean? Baby D and all this old, like, the way I see this shit is big. You know what I'm saying? That's really the bottom line. Damn. Hey, man, I feel like y'all, not only did y'all feel in the past, y'all did the present and the future, bro. Y'all really have addressed everything, I think. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We tried, yeah. my brother. Man, the past, <laughs> our past is really, it's so deep. Like, that shit deep. Like our past, we had to go through a lot of struggles because, and that's what we helped set, we really helped pave the way for these newer artists because it wasn't nothing but East Coast music on the radio. It is. Like we fought for that shit. We fought for everybody. We fought for everybody shit to get played on the radio. Jelly was first one to play Outcast on the radio. Man, I'm losing on three. Yeah, yeah. So it was like we, we, we paved that way. Like as far as marketing and everything, bro, like that's. For me, a lot of people don't understand and don't get where a lot of the older folks got the idea from. We set this whole city on fire with marketing, with goddamn hard work. We grinded all this shit. We forced our way in every club with big one record jackets on. There wasn't no other label with jackets, with hoodies, with goddamn t-shirts. We had all this shit. We had parties, DJ Jellingham's just saw party. You saw it on every exit, every corner, every fucking Every post, like we we had painted the city from the east side to the west side, south side too. And bro, that's my thing. Like, and you gotta think, we had we had no internet. We had no internet, bro. No internet. You gotta understand this shit. You gotta understand how big we were from the southeast region with no internet. Just hustle and grind, and we set all that shit up. That shit was hard for motherfuckers. We had mixtapes that were. We set a lot of, we helped set this shit up in the city of Atlanta. Now, that's why I'm glad when you, when I saw this shit, I was like, damn, bro. Folks just don't understand the grind that we went through just to get this shit right here. And I appreciate that article. Nah, man, I appreciate y'all, man. And I remember you did uh, you did the article behind you. was like, Luda shouted y'all out, Walker shouted y'all out, bro. Everybody needs to shout y'all out because that's Atlanta. That's the Atlanta I remember. And everything I see now is because of what y'all did back then and what y'all still doing. Man, like I say though, I was we was around them before they even blew up like that. I was going there and see Lucas at the radio station almost every day. Him and Poon Daddy. Damn. Um, so we just had a relationship. We was just cool. And then next thing you know, he had a song. Timberland heard it, and they got down. Timberland took him up out of here, but he saw our grind. You know what I'm saying? He would love to see our grind through the whole stuff. He saw that whole shit. So I, you know, that was just respect and love. Damn. So 
what would y'all what like if y'all had to just what's the last thing y'all would like to say to people to keep in mind about what's going forward? Oh, like they just said it though that we don't need to forget what y'all did. But what would you tell people they need to remember going in? Oh, that's a good question. I'm gonna let Cork answer that one. Let's see. You said what they need to remember going forward. Yeah, about big on what if you had to just tell. Well, I want to say to I want to say to some of the new artists because you know some of the new artists just just be like man they don't they, some sometimes they like to shit on OG and old heads you just can't never forget where you come from. You know what I'm saying? Just can't never forget that shit, bro. Like a lot of motherfuckers done pay your way. You know your history. You know your people. You know the grind. So you gotta really appreciate that shit. A lot of artists is benefiting off of old people grinds, you know what I'm saying? And everybody got to remember that shit, to be honest with you. Like, that's just sums it up for me, like, how I could just give yep. advice to folks. It's basically the same thing, man. Um, you know, for the, for the for all the new folks, especially in Atlanta, you know what I mean? Uh, you do your research, man, and you'll, you'll probably appreciate this shit way more. You'll probably be like, damn, you reach out to them jokes, man, and let them know, man, hey, man. Thank you. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot of younger generation right now doing that. Every time I see them, they be like, "Man, I, I know who y'all is." Like, I only had to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they be already knowing a lot of, and that's what I love about Atlanta artists. They have they, a lot of them motherfuckers done. They they know their history of Atlanta. Man, because we know what it was. Before. We know what we grew up on. You know what right. I'm saying? We know what we grew up on. And I know what I saw. Like I said, that's why if I see a CD case to this day, that shit means so much to me. And it sounds weird, but I'm like, man, my brother used to have this big ass, the big, you know what I'm saying? I used to want that shit yeah. so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I appreciate you, man. I really do. Nah, man, I appreciate y'all, man. I know y'all got stuff going on, but I appreciate it. Hey, man. I appreciate it. Man. So... With that being said, man, I ain't gonna hold y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all, man. And I can't wait to get this to the people and let y'all, you know, get this as well. For sure, man. Yeah, we around, bro. So just, uh, I'm gonna follow up with you. We'll get up. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Monte, appreciate you. Corey, thank you, y'all. I appreciate it. Hey, God bless you, brother. All right, man. Y'all take care. All right, bye.